the Bennett Brothers Podcast. This is the Bennett Brothers Podcast. <laughs> Can you keep it up the whole episode, then? Uh, well, I'll give it my shot. No. Oh, <laughs> man. It is the Bennett Brothers Podcast for the Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. television show. Clearly, I've just seen Hamilton, and I'm Jerry Bennett. And I'm Joel Bennett. Thank you for joining us. Can Hamilton be a part of the MCU? Disney owns them, I guess, or Disney has the rights? I don't know what. What craziness. Uh, thank you for joining us. Actually, I believe Marvel has in their comics written, like, thank yous to Hamilton or something like that. I was reading an article somewhere. So there is a little bit of a tie-in. But we are a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. In this podcast, we are talking about the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. television show. It's final season, season seven. We're reviewing the episode adapt or die we're going to spoil the heck out of it so if you haven't seen it yet and you don't want to be spoiled go check it out first if you want to join the conversation hit us up on facebook facebook.com slash bennett brothers podcast send us an email bennett brothers podcast at gmail.com or go to twitter at bennett bros pod facebook's great because you get a lot of news we like to post a lot of news a lot of links about the shows we're watching uh that we're podcasting we obviously we watch a lot more shows than just these marvels shows <laughs> what if these are the only shows we'd watch like yeah we don't like tv just i wonder these. if they go with anything else yeah. yeah so take a look at that you'll get a lot of great information just give us a like on our page there and you will get uh you'll get all the updates that we put out there also go to patreon.com slash bennett brothers podcast become a patron and get mini uh mini casts exclusive podcasts dedicated to patron members to become a patron you just have to donate some money and that helps us out on our end because we obviously are not doing we don't have sponsors we don't do anything like that we do this for the fun of it but there is a little bit of a overhead cost that goes with it and that just helps cover it it's very minor it's very little so any little bit just kind of helps out with that so if you feel so inclined if you feel so generous go there and uh, become a patron become a patron and we would really appreciate that all right jerry do we have any news nothing is worth talking about news wise i do have for our segment of uh, get pierced get pierced (laughs) mr pierce didn't see this episode yet uh, he's falling down on the job, but he did see last week's episode. And he, he did fell have a down comment. On his job? He had a comment about it. His comments were: he just started listening to the podcast, and he said that we're both wrong. This is the worst episode of the season. Not enough fun '70s stuff. Not enough plot. Not enough development. A real sleeper, except for the opening titles. And I didn't. I said that was all wrong. And then he says, plus they had an opportunity to do a cool '70s car chase, and they didn't take it. And for that, I'm grateful. Because that's something that they can't do unless it's Ghost Rider. So that was his segment. I don't that like was his segment. thoughts. I don't. Well, I mean, it's you know, it's an opinion. I, I disagreed with it. We'll see what he thinks. About I think this majority one, people disagree with it. If I look at some of the reviews, like the the metrics on different places, this is that last yesterday's episode was probably right behind the episode before that, which was the film noir episode. So well, he was referencing uh, the '70s one, and you just said the last one, which we're going to be talking about right now. Oh, this one, this is a review on this podcast? No, it was a review of the, the 70s one. Yeah. Oh, we've gone cockeyed. I, don't, I, I, I guess I'm a little... The last episode we reviewed, I really enjoyed a lot. Yes, that's the one we were talking and about. And then the episode before that was the noir episode. Correct. And I'm saying those two episodes, according to all the Matrix, are considered the best episodes of the season. I, I agree. You, I, it was, you know what? It was a pronoun trouble because oh. you had said the last episode... And referencing, never mind. So, <laughs> adapt or die. Wow. Oh, well, one of the pieces of news, again, this is nothing, but the they started uh, shooting again on The Batman. So I guess that's exciting. If they're we they're get... shooting everything again. Falcon and Winter Soldier 
and they're shooting Loki, all those stuff, but there's nothing nothing. They're shooting them again, which is great. Yeah. Doesn't mean we're actually gonna get them well, those ones go to Mar- Disney Plus. So that would they start shooting those again and get those moving again, we'll be able to see those sooner rather than later, and that gives us more to talk about, and that's exciting. All right, so Adapt or Die. It is directed by April Winnie. Uh, this is her one and only Shield episode she's ever directed. I don't, I've never seen her be a part of any of these. So, Jerry, what did you think of April Winnie's first directorial debut with Shield? It was, I, I, putting it under that reference, I don't know what to say, <laughs> but this was a, a very good episode. I don't know if it was better than last week or just on same on on the par. It was. Uh, I I, I want to have the conversation to find out where I feel about this episode if it's uh, better the same or just slightly below it was it was again the story it keeps going great and I like the momentum what did you think on my first watch of it I really didn't think it was that great I thought it was meh my second watch though I thought it was significantly better I thought there was a lot of good stuff done being done by the actors that's what I, I think there's I think there is a lot of conversation too. to be had because this starts to get really this is why we do a podcast. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one to talk about because there's a lot of, a lot of things that I, I don't know. We're, we're, well, let's talk. Let's get. Let's just. Let's just go. Let's just go. Let's do this. We actually are on the Comic Con ship. We get this cool little special effect in the beginning. That would be the we, X-Men opening through the DNA that I thought this was because now that they uh, have Marvel, the Fox things, the camera goes through. I was like, oh, this is right out of all the X-Men movies. They all started this way. I thought it was Bill and Ted traveling through time. You with their with their, it's sh- the with their X-Men DNA. Uh, no, it is actually threads of time. Mutation. So I feel like I'm a little bit closer to the answer on this. And this is Sybil. She's looking through her threads as she pulls through her hands. And we find out later that this is, you know, time threads from one specific future. And it goes back and sees everything. Uh, she's talking with Luke. And Luke's like, you know, you haven't done a good job. She's like, what are you talking about? Things change. We adapt. And he's like, yeah, but you've failed in every moment so far. But like I mentioned last episode, one of the reasons I liked last episode was because it was a win for the villains. The villains are winning, and they still are winning in this episode here, uh, except for maybe what happens at the end with Coulson. But this is, I think this is still right there, that they're actually doing the right thing. They're showing up our heroes here, and our heroes look to be in dire straits still this episode. So... This is something that I appreciate. So Luke is, I think Luke is, might be wrong at this point to a degree, although he's right in the sense that they have failed miserably a couple times now. I really like the John Carpenter music through this sequence. It was very Carpenter-esque, and it was pretty damn awesome. We're going to so, wake the hunters. Yes, Luke goes to the pods of all the hunters. There must be at least a dozen, if is not Sybil more. Is AI? She mentions that. Uh, she That's mentions, right. that was, she mentions AI, here, but yeah. she might be a body. I mean, we don't know. We don't know yet. There's uh, obviously Coulson interfaces with her and then comes back out. Is she interfacing someplace else? We don't know. You know what this is like? It's very similar to Captain Marvel, where they're allowed to go into like a machine. The Supreme Intelligence? Yes, the Supreme Intelligence. Huh. That's a good, nice little connection there. Can you praise me for that, please? I appreciate it. I will not do that. Damn it. And then we get our opening logo, which is now back to the Season 5 logo, the futuristic logo. So I, I, maybe we're done with the fun logos. I don't know, but it's fine. It's, it's a good-looking logo. It's nice and quick. At the Lighthouse, we get a continuation from last episode. Stoner is pissed that Insight is down, and 
and he's also very upset at May and Colson who are brought to the air, brought to the bridge, I guess, control center. Uh, he's pissed because he got punched on Independence Day, <laughs> the bicentennial, no less. Yeah, he does a great job throughout this episode. Yes, he does a really good job. On to the Zephyr. We mentioned this. I mentioned this last week. Deke and Yo-Yo are able to dock with the Zephyr, with the Quinn jet. And this is when Deke's like, yeah, I shot Malik, and Mag is pissed. And Mag's like, what? That was not the orders. Shocking. Shocking that people are disobeying Mag's orders. They, I've not seen this yet on this show. Just the phrasing. Deke goes, you know, I thought it was best. I thought murder was the best option here, he quits, is what he's saying. I thought that was the uh, yeah, and also you you went over the point there where we find out, and luckily they do address this, but it was one of those points where like, the whole thing that was the big deal last week is they, you know, they blow this thing out of the sky, and we're like, okay, no big deal. And then he goes, no, now they can track us, or now they know we gave away our position. And my attitude was then, well, then just put your cloak back on, and you're fine. But they do say that they have an, that the people the lighthouse has an advanced integrated tracking system that was tech given to them by malik who obviously used it from the chronicons so i thought that was a great way of otherwise i'm like well, where's the threat why do they mm-hmm. have a threat so i did appreciate that and they do re- and they do recloak up simmons mentions that as they were but waiting it's useless for at this point it yeah well they don't know that mm-hmm. on the zephyr they do not know that so on the Quinjet, so so what they're going to do is Mac and Yo-Yo are going to go yeah. down to the lighthouse to t- uh, rescue feelings. Mac's parents, which if you're dealing with time travel, the one person you probably don't want to send down is the son of the people you're trying to rescue. Well, I think the one person you don't want to send down is if it's the same person that you're rescuing. That's the real one you don't want to send yeah, down. Yeah, you don't want to the do that. The son is the next worst thing. Yes. Then the yeah, daughter, maybe maybe someone who's not so daughter. emotionally Im- involved in the situation, someone who can have a more of a clear head. But clearly, the lighthouse is a trap. Yeah. So the lighthouse, uh, the lighthouse goes into lockdown. So we get to see the projection, the Stoner's projection, mm-hmm. from the previous se- uh, season. Was it last season or was it two seasons ago? I believe it was. I think it was last season. No, you, uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. It might have been but we get to see it, now. which is great because the, it's in lockdown, which is this is being controlled by the. Chromicons, Chronicons, Chromicons. <laughs> they control the, all the computer systems, so they're trying to shoot down the Zephyr. They're trying to, they're putting the system into lockdown. They control it, and then the Zephyr effects when it's shooting off the flares to to dodge the missiles was awesome cinematic. Couldn't have been done any better. And they really got hit good. too. But I mean, just the way that was shot, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, here we go. This is this is the money. And they, the ship. You know, it used the fires up the flares that they were all aware of. We're all aware of the flares that ships can shoot out to distract missiles. If we did, if ships do not have that in the future, I, that's, you know, they're missing out. I have a car that does that. I, I, and you should. And then, but the Zephyr does take a hit, Poof, gets hit. And then we go to a farmhouse where, where, uh, Susa and Agent Daisy Quake, she, Agent, Agent Daisy, Daisy Quake, Quake, everybody, Sky, <laughs> they were taken. God. They wake up. Uh, Daisy can't quake. Because why? I don't know. Do you know she why? Says, I, I have drugged, Dan- stops her quake powers. Yeah, so something from Daniel some, Whitehall, I they think. They gave her anti-quake medicine or something. Ah, uh, the anti-quakes. They, they also use it in Parkinson's disease, apparently. Mm, I don't know. Wow. Oh, that's terrible. It is wrong. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm good with everything I, I've said it's so a, far. It's okay. It's the chemo drugs that are going through mm, me right now. I don't know about Yep, that. that's an excuse. I can use it. Oh, man. But there was a great line here when they're talking with Nathaniel malik here and 
we get a reference back to like because obviously he was sacrificed in the original timeline. He it was, was a different not, actor, by the way. He we did see him, but it's a different yeah. actor. So he is sacrificed by his brother Gideon, who is the main villain that we've always known. And his comment here about Hydra is like, no, he doesn't worship some space octopus. I thought that was a great yeah. line. So he doesn't work for Hy- Hydra, but he does know about the Inhumans. He's after their powers. Yes. I got to say, I really enjoyed the acting from this actor here. I thought he did a really good job. He's he was. very menacing and very cocky, but also, I don't know, down. it, it, it felt, nothing felt forced. And Is I that really consistent that. with what we saw him before? I mean, like the first episode we see him in this season, he seems like the timid younger brother, obviously, than he it was all a scam. I mean, we see, we see him so briefly. Yeah, he gets he gets taken hostage. I'm trying to remember he, the other actor who played him in a couple seasons back. If we saw anything about I don't, him, I think, minor, I think it was such a minor. I think it was such a minor part that used, it was super quick. Yeah. Hey, we get a mention here of a Dr. Reinhardt. Is that Daniel Whitehall? It is because they go Dr. Reinhardt. That's who we captured during World War II, which they did, and then that is goes, the same that's character. Daniel Whitehall. Okay. And I like that that, that gets, keeps getting brought back up. It'd be nice to see him. That'd be uh, he was a great villain in the show. Well, at, if they brought him back at this point, he'd have to have all the old man. Well middle age man makeup at that point because of the 70s because the last yes. time we saw him he was an old man who then got rejuvenated correct correct good call back at the lighthouse general stoner does an interrogation yes and then we have agent king come in who conveniently puts her hands on may and this is when may realizes that agent king is actually a chronicon it was bugging me when i saw her but i realized what i know her from before you said she is on glow Yes, I didn't actually pull up these actors' names, unfortunately. Oh. She, she, I, she was, I'm yes. like, why? And she's, I'm like, and the fact that she got taken out relatively fast, I was like, well, I, I think I know her from something. I think she's, you know, better well known. And she did a great job, but she, yeah, but she's from Glow, and I'm sure she's from a, a bunch of other things. But that's what I recognize. She actually from. wasn't, but the list on her IMDb was not that long. Nothing that I recognized. Okay. So that means she hasn't done anything if I have not recognized it. So. <laughs> think, yeah. One of my one of, the, one of my favorite lines of the season, right so far. You would think someone named Stoner would be a little more fun. Mm-hmm. Classic Coulson. Classic. Made me laugh out loud when I heard it. Good stuff. We get to a, an incredible moment here where they're going to scientifically explain how the time jump works through the ship. And I thought this was another great piece yeah. of dialogue. The fact that they they scientifically are saying that it's the pipes around the ship and the wiring actually is why it's doing that, sending the bubble out versus, you know, I mean, they didn't have to do that, but I'm really glad they did. Yeah, and this is Enoch and Simmons explaining it to Dee because we are on the Zephyr. Uh, Simmons is also having problems. She can't remember how to fix these, this, fix this machine. So this is continuing with the problems that she was having in previous episodes. We never really discussed what we thought what was Gemma's problem. A lot of people online have talked about this, but I don't remember us talking about what we thought. Obviously, what we know now is different, but what we thought at the time. Um, I think we did know, talk about it because I, I said there was a thing that was kind of in her brainstem that was affecting her memories. You said this. And you said, oh, because the, the brainstem is where we keep our memories. Yes, that is, that is what you said to me. I am going to edit all of this. <laughs> this is all going on. And I did say it was affecting her memories and she couldn't remember how to do things because she's suppressing memories. And I believe Jerry has something in his neck right now that's suppressing memories of me saying this. I believe this. Uh, I'm, I'm also being affected by the chemo. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right now. Oh, wow. That's okay, because I, I made the joke about Parkinson's. So exactly. Joke about I'm cancer. totally good. You with your white privilege, it's terrible. Uh, what's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? At the lighthouse, Mac and Yo-Yo show up to rescue Mac's parents. Uh, and then he weirdly goes up and hugs his mother. Um 
because Mac is not smart enough to realize that she doesn't know who he is. I don't, That's this, a lot of hate on Mac all the there, time. There is there this this part here really bothers me. Uh, yeah. it, it, I just again, I don't know why Mac went. I think Mac is not the right choice to go to this. Again, Mac is a do as I Deke, say, not Deke, as I well, do. Deke commander. can't go because he's he's been yelled at by Mac, and well, then he also murdered Simmons people because he thought can't. it was the right thing to do. So I guess Mac had to go, but uh, I don't know. Agent King, we cut to Agent King. She's bringing Stoner to have his face removed. Uh, nice little bit of banter there. We go to May and Coulson. They're in the the interrogation room, and they're they talking are, about yeah. how the May's like the. The Colson's like it has a per- the Comicon has a personality. It can't be. A, it can't be. And then we find out that May. This is a little you know a little banter back where May is upset that Colson keeps dying and she keeps having to mourn him dying. You never which I die. A, you always come back. I, I thought it was actually a legit thing. Like if someone dies yeah, and good. they come back, then you're like, oh, I'm so happy you're back. If someone dies again and they come back, you're like, oh man, you keep dying. This is crazy. I'm happy you're back. Someone dies again, you're like, all right, listen. Is this just going to be a thing? Is this what we're doing now? I keep crying over you? That's comics. (laughs) And then... We find out that the Chronicons are like the Borg because they're adapting. Yes. Yes. We see see Agent Ford. You know, good old Agent Ford. He gets taken over. And they end up using a device on his face to copy his face. We see it scan. We uh, see the scanning device. But as we know, they actually take their faces. Mac's parents, uh, they're giving Mac a difficult time, uh, but they, they're at the door. They're trying to open the one door, and I don't trust you kind of thing. And then I like this little moment here, though, where Mac and his dad have a conversation about how the door works based on cars. And this is an important thing for Mac because Mac was a mechanic, and obviously he got, I think he got a lot of his skills from his dad working on cars and doing that sort of thing. So I thought this was a really nice moment for them to bond. It was. Let me ask you a question here. So Mac and Slowyo, when they they get there they immediately go down and find the parents no problem why do they not go back the way? is this the same way they came because no. it seems like they could have just gone they, right they make a mention he takes them back the safest way he knows how that's why they're making all these twists and turns it's taking longer they get to the, it's like another dead end he's like i'm taking you back the safest way we know how uh, so no, they do not go back the right. same way they came is yeah i didn't catch they that. actually make that yeah because he doesn't want his parents to get hurt i guess <laughs> too late right so may and colson they bust in to save stoner uh we get to see all the bodies of the agents agent Grizzly. king agent ford with their faces removed there is a third body there with the face removed i'm not sure whose body that was I wonder if mac's parents bodies were there no they were not because it's been a long time apparently colson finds a hole a like a shaft Wait, what if it turns out mac is actually part Chronicon because his parents were always this they would have we would have noticed that uh, in, from previous episodes I think didn't they have like scanners and stuff well they had scanners looking for LMDs back ooh back with Ada and all that so I think well in the past that. it wouldn't have mattered because his parents weren't done until they were you know I also think it. Mac can't be one because unless he's like a super advanced one he would have been shut down by the MP it would also explain his inhuman strength not inhuman, inhuman. Oh, he's an inhuman now too. An inhuman. But I mean, his 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 incredible oh strength, where he can take hits and do hits, not based on his size, just superhero stuff. But May can do that too. May can take hits, and so can Daisy. We get to so Coulson's like there is. We're at the bottom level of the 
the lighthouse there. So that means there's another, there's something going on below the bottom level of the lighthouse. I like that. At the farmhouse, Nathaniel brings back in a, a beat up Daisy here. He has taken as much blood and spinal fluid and a couple of glands from Daisy to, so she'll survive, but he's going to transfuse that uh, into himself here. I think you need your glands. I don't want anybody taking my glands. What was that? You need your glands? Yeah, you can't take out people's glands. I, I mean, know. certain glands I'm sure you could probably take out. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a gland expert, I guess. I, I you mean a glandologist? But he, a glandologist. He is going to transfuse it onto himself, though, and as I prep for in August when I get my bone marrow transfusion, I'm kind of hoping that the person I get it from isn't inhuman themselves because it sounds like it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great. So Sousa kind of comforts Daisy in this moment and he talks about the battle if you if you watched Agent Carter you're familiar with this a little bit Sousa became uh his leg ended up getting severely damaged in a battle where he was rescued and this is where we got the the thought that maybe it was Captain America that saved him nope it was a it was a Mike. person named Mike Stevens Mike Stevens Steve Mikens. nope nope Mike okay. Stevens he uh no connection to anything in Marvel as far as characters. Good. There was a a typist or there was someone who worked on two Avengers comics named Mike Stevens, but I highly doubt that yeah, yeah. they're giving credit to that guy. And he basically got saved by this Mike Stevens who ended up sacrificing himself. Uh, so it was a nice little story, and we got to see how Sousa got pulled out of the battle. Mm-hmm. And then he removes a glass shard from Daisy's hand, yep. which I'm assuming Daisy... The way they talked about it, it seemed like Daisy did that on purpose. That's the way I took it. Which, good for good on her, man. Wow. Right into her quick hands. On the Zephyr, probably one of the most infuriating moments of the whole episode, uh, Enoch is trying to help Simmons, and Deke doesn't know what's going on, so he uses... Uh, Makes another great decision. Uses the paddles. Deke's decisions, days. His, uh, the, you know, Dr. Cart, as they call it in the medical field, they use it to electrocute. Uh, Enoch. So, yeah, very frustrating. On the Chromicon ship, Coulson finds the, an interactive station, and this is when he's able to, he goes to the white room where he can communicate with Sybil. Before we get to that, though, we go to the lighthouse. Mac is still trying to get the door open with the help of his parents and with Yo-Yo, and clearly the parents aren't helping because, as we find out later, they're Chromicons, and they can't open the door either. Although I wish there are moments here through this episode where I watch, I consistently watch Yo-Yo and the use of her arms. I was really hoping her arms would come into play trying to open the door. They don't, but her arms do come into play later, which I thought was really nice. Because Mac goes off, uh, Mac goes off and fights some Chromicons. He takes on two of them, uh, which we'll talk about that here in a second. On to the Chromicon ship again. Uh, this is when Coulson is talking to Sybil. We find out the ship. Why they haven't been able to find the ship, why our team hasn't been able to find the ship, it's because it's been underground. It travels underground. I don't know how that's possible. I, I guess it displaces Earth. But it's under underneath the places they've always been, I guess. Which is, you know, an interesting thought. And I'm okay with it because you can just go, they're using technology that we don't know yet. So that's how that works. It's called a shovel. A shovel. They, they bury it. It's a really small ship. On the Zephyr, Simmons explains to Deke, that Enoch's was fix- Enoch was fixing her memory so she can fix the ship. And this is when Deke's like, you don't know how the ship fixed? This is a very important part here. I, I really didn't catch it the first time as well. The second time I, it, it came, uh, I noticed what's it the, well. What's the important part? So Fitz, uh, so the Simmons is telling you how difficult it was to follow the, 
Chromacons back in time. And then her and Fitz figured out a way to observe the Chromacons. But the problem is Fitz is completely exposed. And so that's why no one can know his location. That makes no sense. What does that mean he's exposed? He's sitting out in a field somewhere this whole time? Or is he Sybil? I don't... That's a tough one because the way Sybil talks to Coulson, he, like... I don't. I don't. Where think are you getting that from? Because he he he's could be in the AI somewhere, and that's why he just has the. He he's actually looks like Sybil, even though it's him. I'm I'm just guessing. I'm. It's a pure guess on my part that Fitz is Sybil. Yeah. So she. But I'm so trying Sybil to figure made out. the decision. It's okay for Max's parents to be killed. I like that. So that that was totally what Fitz did. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that. Again, it's a guess, Jerry. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of what we've seen so far. Because if Fitz is, you know, out there in the open, maybe there's something to hint at it. I don't know. But he's able to see everything. And I thought this was interesting because hopefully, you know, we're, this is episode six. Next week we'll have seen half the episodes and we still haven't had Fitz on the show. <laughs> and I think I can say that Fitz is one of our favorite characters. And so it sucks that he's not on the show, even though the show is doing very well uh, without him in it. Sans Fitz. Talk about Diana, the biological implant that is used to suppress Gemma's memories. Diana? That's what it's called. They called it Diana? Yeah. I did not get that. They called it several times. Now you got me doubting myself. I never heard it called the name Diana. Oh, my God. I got to go look now. Please do. So, yeah, they talk about how it's suppressing your memories and she can't know these things, but it's starting to go on the the fritz about fits. Back at the farmhouse, we get this great little scene here where Seuss is able to fight his way free using the shard that uh, Quake Daisy uh, took out for him. And I love this. And then he's rescuing Daisy. He has to, like, drop his cane and carry her out, and like, with one leg, basically. And then it starts quaking in there. And I thought this was a really interesting moment that Nathaniel comes in. He's He's the one doing the quaking. Like, he can't even control it and ends up burying himself because of it, or knocking himself out at least. So I don't know if he, it was a failed experiment or if it's going to work eventually or what's going on there. If it doesn't work eventually, this seems like just a, a delaying. Th- it, it should have more of a purpose as opposed to just maybe. Or a, he should have more of a grandiose death. Yes. Well, his dad didn't. He should. He, well, he should be dead. So We don't know where Gideon is at either. We do not. By the way, Diana. I designed a biological implant to suppress my memories. I named her Diana. Huh. She's adorable and we're inseparable. Literally. They say huh. her name several times. I, I knew is I it, is it several right. times or just that one time? No, they say it a couple times. She In that speech there, she says it again. Like I did not once. hear her. You know why? Maybe it's because the name of Diana is just a weird name to name something. Well, now I'm curious at who Di- why they called it Diana. Is there a reference to someone's mother or something of that nature? Mm-hmm. I need answers, Jerry. We need more answers here. Why would you want to have your mother's On the Chromacon ship, uh, they, we find out what the Chromacons kind of want. Even though we have an idea, they want Earth as their new home planet. Because if you remember correctly from last season, their home planet got destroyed. So they want to use Earth as it, and the reason they feel they deserve to have it over the humans is because humans have a limited lifespan, and they're going to be, they they do not have a limited lifespan, so they should have the planet. Seems pretty weak, especially considering how many freaking planets are out there. But I'll I'll take it because at least it's something. That's comics. They always want Earth. Everybody wants Earth. Why wouldn't you not? And then Coulson releases himself from the AI and the hunters all start waking up. Their pods start opening up. And then 
Coulson, after having this convert, this whole thing about sacrifice and everything, he ends up blowing himself up to take out the ship. Coulson doesn't fear death. Dying is his superpower. I'm assuming this takes out the ship, but I it could have just taken out that room. Hmm. Uh, I don't know because they start doing some more time traveling, so something else is causing the time traveling. You made me think about the fact that you said that the Chronicons want Earth. Why would they want Earth? Whatever. It's like if they don't need oxygen, why don't they just go to Mars? I... I, I don't know. Why don't they go to the moon? I mean, I know the Inhumans are on the moon. Mm. Oh, didn't they? Wasn't there mention of an Inhumans movie now? They're going back to doing a movie? There's it's a little not bit news. Of, not news on that. Not news. At the lighthouse, Mac finally gets his confrontation with Luke, Luke being the, the main Chromicon who we've been following since the first episode, and he gets shot by Stoner. I'm assuming this is the end of Luke. I think so, too. It's a little anti You have a great bad guy named, like, Luke. The uh, you know what's also interesting is when Coulson does the big sacrifice here, it's still not at the end of the episode, and I was like, why is that not the big moment? Clearly, there's the big moment coming up. Yes. That should have been the big moment. So having it not be that should that kind of put me on. I was like, okay, what's going to keep happening? So I was watching the rest of the episode even closer, saying, okay, something's going to drop. Literally, he had, he was like getting closer to the oh, screen. Oh man, I had like, to get up. I had to get closer. I had to put the recliner down, which was a you gotta curtain. get closer. On the Zephyr, Deke apologizes to Enoch and says he's a valuable part of the team, which is a nice little moment of levity here, especially between the two of them because they've had history together. And then we find out Simmons' memory is fixed. And then she does the cliche, Deke, you can't tell anybody. Keep it a secret. And it's like, oh, until it's announced. That's a pretty good Simmons. You know, don't make me redo the voice because I only do it one time. No, it's pretty time, good. I'm not making part. you redo it. I'm saying but, you did a good job. But, but it's that whole idea, like, they, they, they can't reveal it. That so. was also a good Mary Poppins, too, so that's not a... Just a spoonful. Which, which Mary Poppins? <laughs> Both. On the Quinjet, Mac and Yo-Yo, they're getting close to Mac's parents. They're talking about stuff, having a jovial They laugh time. while Coulson's <laughs> dead again. But boom, out of nowhere, they are not Max's parents. May finds out about this. They show the arm. They have this big fight scene here. Uh, they it's can't, pretty intense here. This they was can't, actually really done. They can't, well done. Uh, this is when Yo-Yo uses her arm because at one point, Max's dad goes to punch him, and Yo-Yo catches his arm, and he like looks at his arm like, how did you stop my arm? Uh, Yo-Yo using her, uh, her mechanical bionic arms, and she also uses it to snap the neck of Max's dad. <laughs> they flush them both. Is that both. Daddy Mac or is that Daddy Mac, Mac Daddy? Daddy Mac, Mac Daddy. <laughs> nice. They flush them both out the plane, which I thought was a little bit of a waste. Uh, they could have subdued both of them or just killed them both and then just had both their bodies. So what's happening now? We got a paradox going on here, don't we? If Mac's parents are... He's already born. He's already born, but he has memories growing up of them. Listen here, Marty. <laughs> He'll be fine. Uh, well, the, hopefully they answer this paradox. Because it is a paradox. I mean, the, he has no memory of his his parents just disappearing. That's, it worked for Marty McFly. It'll work for him. The memories will merge together. He'll have two sets of memories. It's going to be great. Well, we'll see. We'll see if they end up going that route. I don't, I don't think they will. I think they're going to try to bring back his parents. Yeah. I'm not sure how, but I think they will. Yeah. Seuss uh, also makes the decision that he's going to stick with the yes, team and go through time. Because we because we go to the Zephyr, we get this, you know, the ship's going to jump in one minute. Again, I don't know what they're following. This is so stupid here. Mac needs some time, well, some, yeah. some air, so he goes out on a motorcycle. Well, and they, there's, 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 so they, there's one minute to jump. Again, I don't know who they're following when they jump. Well, they didn't say the one minute to jump 
until yeah. later. No, but they, they, they get this, they get this, the, everything working, and they look, and there's a clock that says one minute. Deke walks up and goes, we're jumping in one minute. Great, Daisy's in a healing pod. They're healing her up. And then and that's when we find out Seuss is sticking around, like you mentioned. And then the ship jumps forward in time. And that's when Mac yeah, oh then... Yeah, I'm sorry. That's yeah, when Mac... Right. I you forgot know, there was this other weird jump forward. Yeah, dons the leather jacket and goes for a bike ride. So we don't know where we've gone forward in time yet. We do not. And we're going. they're going forward again after that. Yeah, again, not is... sure who we're following here, but... the <laughs> When Mac goes for a ride and he takes off, you know... Again, I'm I'm like Jerry. We're like, what are you doing? Where Worst are you going? Ball. Can you imagine then, if Colson was making decisions as the as the chief the way Mac is? Mac is not making. But then, cap, but then he you know, then decisions. when we see him outside the ship later, it's like he's only like yeah, <laughs> a block less. <laughs> he went like 25 yards away from the ship. <laughs> I had I got motorcycle only a few a few feet for this effort. So and all of a sudden out of nowhere, Deke's outside. Mm-hmm. I'm just going for a walk. I am gonna go look for the guy who went off on a motorcycle. Uh, how do you know he's over there? Well, because we track him. How do you track him? Because he's got a phone or got some sort of walkie-talkie. He's like, That's fine. Just call him that way. But then what But the happens? ship jumps right away. Instead of having some sort of countdown and all that, Daisy's like, get, or uh, Simmons is like, get back to the ship. We're jumping. And boop, they jump. They're gone. Deacon Mac are left behind. So where they now, I will, I'm not going to, I'm only going to spoil one small thing is we do know from the trailer that you probably haven't watched uh, that the next episode will be taking place in 82. So my guess is where they're at here is within a close proximity of that. Sure. Because they're probably going to stay there until the next time. So maybe they're in 82 and they're jumping forward a week, a month, five months. Who's Something like that would be my guess. Because we've already established that they can't go back in time, so they can't go that far ahead in time either from the people we're leaving behind. Yes. I think it was Enoch was like, let's see how you like being left behind. It was terrible. It was terrible of Enoch to do that. Although, Coulson being left behind is totally fine. And again, we've also left behind Fitz in a freezing chamber, a cryo chamber in the previous season. He got left behind. So all these people have got left behind, and they've lived extra lives, I guess. Kirk Cameron was left behind. Oh, there you go. All right. This, uh, this was interesting to... Kind of rethink about this episode. Uh, it was not as good as the last two, but it was good. It was a solid episode. Nice moving twist. the story forward. Oh, moving yeah. the story forward quickly. And I, I guess the we always talk about that. The story is just leaps and bounds every episode. Yeah, I know, right? more more but We talk about this all the time, how you know other shows will just drag stories out or they'll, they'll deviate from something else. Not this, not this show. This show is every time. It's just moving, moving, moving. When you think someone's the bad guy, they kill them off and they bring in another bad guy. So. But there are things that are in there that if this was a more tight storyline, we would not waste, we would not be wasting time on a bug named Diana in her back of her neck that gets solved and answered and now it's still a secret. It's one of those things where it's like, this is just something for, for Simmons to do this episode. You know, when TV shows have to write what is he doing? What is she doing? Well, yeah, doing? I, I do agree with that. That is something for her to do this episode, but it is definitely laying the groundwork for whatever is we'll going see. on with her and Fitz. We shall find out. Groundwork Maybe he's framework. miniaturized inside this little Diana bug in her neck. <laughs> he's controlling her from the inside. Like it's the Ratatouille. Al- like the alien from... Uh, no, like Ratatouille. From, I was going Men in Black. <laughs> <laughs> but Ratatouille also works. Fitz is a rat. A dirty rat. All right, that was excellent. Now we will be coming back real soon with the next episode, which takes place in the 80s. Maybe they'll keep running into the different X-Men teams of each of these decades. That would be kind of cool, too. They're not. No, they won't. X-Men are not getting introduced in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No, they're not. 
Again, though, we had the X-Men opening at the beginning. <laughs> Mutation. <laughs> I want the X-Men opening where Nightcrawler's jumping around, all right? Oh, that was best, yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Talk to you. Well, hang on. That's your line. Hey, <laughs> Watch this. I'm Jerry. And I'm Joel. We'll talk to you next time. Next time!